welcome. We're in the senior center. It's amazing. Come on, let's just. Telling you, the, the, the journey of following Jesus, wherever he leads, is just, uh, it's, been a, it's been a journey of faith, really, of saying, okay, God, I believe that you're, you've got a plan here, because you keep moving us around. You heard all the different places. I mean, we, like, we met in fields. We met, like, you know, we'll meet anywhere. Like, anywhere they're going to let me meet, we'll meet. Um, you know, one of the other churches in town, they're meeting in a barn. Like, listen, whatever it takes, it's, it's not about the building. Church is not a building, right? Because if it was, we do not have a church. <laughs> we are not a church, right? You are the church. We are the church. It's the people. And just so grateful for the people represented here, for you, for your belief that this community of faith matters, that it matters that we're in fellowship with each other, that we're in relationship with each other, and that we're growing. Um, when we set out to start this church, it was 11 years ago, uh, my wife and I, and uh, felt like God put Robbinsville on our hearts. If you, if you don't know the story, I'll summarize it briefly. I grew up in Lawrence, uh, went to high school people from Washington Township as they were busing them out to Lawrence many years ago. And, uh, and so I knew about Robbinsville, but it was just the boonies. It was the middle of nowhere. Um, and driving through one day when we were, many years later, we were living in Pennington and just felt God put it on our hearts that this was a place where he wanted to do something. And so we said, okay, God, what do you, if you're asking us to do something here, like, what does that mean? And so we, we came up with this idea that God wants us to start a church here, and we're going to call it Life Tree Community Church. Kind of a weird name. It sounds like a yoga studio or a, uh, you know, these days it could be a CBD oil dispensary. I don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> Life Tree, like, I don't know. What are you guys doing over there? Um, but our mission has always been to live up to our name to be a, a source of life, a tree of life, you know, for this community, specifically for this community, and that we are a church. Those three things, that that kind of sets our direction, that our goal is to be a life-giving. You know, trees benefit their environment. They take in carbon dioxide, give out oxygen. They're good for the atmosphere, good for the environment. And uh, trees benefit. Robbinsville happens to be a tree city, USA, Right, lots of trees here. If you go by Rite Aid across from Quo there on the corner, you'll see that weird metal structure. Right? It just so happens that that was donated just about two years before we started, and that's called the Tree of Life. And it's just like all of this stuff, like, man, this is just cool. Like, God is, God is setting it up here. And so uh, today on our birthday, I thought, like, what should, we, what should we share now? 11 years after the year and a half that we've been through, like, what do we talk about? And I just felt prompted to renew our mission. Let's kind of just go back to the beginning. Anybody know the quote, go back to the beginning? Vizzini said, go back to the beginning. So this is the beginning. Anybody, movie? Princess Bride. Thank you. There you go. Great movie, Princess Bride. To go back to the beginning. So our origin story, where the name comes from, where life tree, tree, all this tree-ish stuff. I've got branches. We've got treehouse kids, rooted youth. Men's ministry is called Logs, Life Trees, Outstanding Guys, right? We got, the, we got all sorts of laurels. We got lumberjacks. We got, we got tree names everywhere. Our mission is to grow from root to fruit. You know, we got all this stuff. But where did that all come from? It came from Psalm chapter 1. Psalms are these 150 poems, songs, and they're just rich with all sorts of wisdom and emotion and humanity. 
And the first one, the very first one, are the words that have shaped and defined who we are, why we are, and how we're to be. Interestingly enough, it starts with the word joy. And this year, we felt in particular that God said this was going to be a season of joy. Right? You feel joyful? Yes! Love what's going on in the world around us. Joy! And it's for that very reason that God said that's why you need to discover joy because joy is not a product of what's going on around you. It's a product of what is going on that is greater, that is going on within you. So this is the perfect ground and soil to discover joy. And so we've been really on a, on a, on a journey to discover that this year. And so I want to direct you to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. It'll be on the screen. You can read along. And it says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. Verse 2, it says, But they delight... But their joy, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Verse 3, it says, They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Let's just take a moment and pray. Heavenly Father, I ask you, as we take just a few minutes to reflect and to examine these words, Would you help us to understand better why you have us living here now at this part of the world at this time in history? And what that means is people who are trying to live out a life of faith, of following you, of knowing you. What is that supposed to look like? Give us that wisdom tonight. In your good name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is a contrast between two ways of living. That's what this whole psalm, so it starts out kind of setting, hey, you could live this way or you could live this way. It's a contrast right from the, from the very beginning. There's the way the world around you is going to live, or there's this way that you can live if you choose to follow God and trust in him and have, have faith and believe in him, right? And there are three stages to this living life, this progression. You can, you can follow the advice or walk in the way of the wicked. So you can either follow the wicked, you can walk in that way. That's sort of casual. Like, oh, I'm going to kind of just think about it. It's occasional. I'm going to dabble. Like, I'm just going to, I only gossip sometimes, right? I'm, I only cheat like once in a while. Like, not all the time. I don't always do that. You know, once in a while I slip up. But it's allowing just sort of that voice of the wicked to like, I'm going to listen to that for a second. Just once in a while. I'm just going to kind of walk over this way, just casually, right? That's the first step. But then it goes, okay. But then they stand. Then there's standing. You can stand around. There's walking, but then there's standing. And standing is choosing to stop. Like I was walking this way, and then it was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to kind of stop. I'm going to stand here. And it says though, those who are going to stand around with sinners, it's, it's one thing to walk by a coat in a store and look at it, but it's something else to be like, you know, I, let me try that on. I'm going to stop in front of the rack. I didn't just walk by. I'm going to stop. I'm going to see if it fits, see how it looks. I want to try that on a little bit. It's beyond the initial idea. Now it's becoming more of a possibility. It's that gradual desensitizing of repeated behavior. The more you do wrong, the easier it becomes to do it again. Then the less and less you hear that voice in your conscience telling you, you probably shouldn't do that. Right? So the more you do it, I've been walking, I've been walking, now I'm going to kind of stand. And the more you do that, the easier it gets. 
And it's progressive, right? That's the story of Samson. I won't go into it, but if you know the story of Samson, he was walking and then he was kind of standing. And it says it's, the sad, it's one of the saddest summaries in Scripture. It says, and the Spirit of God left Samson and he didn't even know it. Imagine getting so desensitized that the presence of the Creator God could leave you and you don't even notice. So that's where he had gotten to. So it says, so stand, you, can, you can walk, you can stand, and then it says, or those who sit in the seat of mockers. Now you bought the coat. <laughs> like it's yours. You are owning it. You, are, you have a chair with your name on it. You've made your choice. It's, it's like Buddy the Elf, right? You've made your choice, and you don't care who knows it. You tell him the whole world, no more hiding, no more secrets. You are fully planted in place. Right? There are those who walk, there are those who stand, and there's, there are those who are just, nope, I'm in. I'm here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit in the seat of the mocker. I'm going to be that person. Life is not stationary. We're always moving one way or the other. You can't just stay neutral. That's why the writer of Proverbs warns against even walking close to those places you know are not good. It says, be careful not even to walk near the road that leads somewhere dangerous. Don't even walk near it because walking leads to stopping, leads to sitting. It's progressive. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. And sometimes that journey is not a journey you wanted to take. If you walk one way, the principle of the path is undefeated you will inevitably end up wherever that particular road leads, right? It was famously said, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you there longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. Be careful when you start walking somewhere. What serves as a warning, here's, here's, the, good, here's the good news though. <laughs> To contrast in two, two, two ways, what starts as a warning also serves as an encouragement. What a joy, what a blessing for people who don't do that. <laughs> that's, how, that's how he writes it, or she writes it, whoever writes it. We don't know who the writer of the first psalm is. The writer presents a different way of living, another road that leads to joy. It says, but those who do it different, their delight, their joy, their experience... So those who do it different, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So I don't know what that sounds like to you, but it sounds like the writer is saying you need to read your Bible all day, every day. Unreasonable? Anybody? Burdensome? Anybody? Nope. Well, that's it. You guys got to read the Bible every day, all day, and you're going to find joy in it. Just, so just do it. Just Don't even eat. Just read your Bible all day, every day. Um, see... The problem with Scripture sometimes is if we're not careful, we can just say that doesn't make any sense and then dismiss it and move on and miss the critical truth in it. This is not so much about going through a ritual reading of God's Word all day and night, but rather it's about who are you choosing to listen to? About whose voice you're filling your spirit with. You can listen to all the voices around you, try to convince you that their way of living is best, and everybody's, I mean, people are selling. Everybody is selling. You can take a master class on Facebook on how to sell yourself, on how to sell your essential oils, about how to sell your cookies. I mean, you, you name it, you can sell stuff. 
And you can listen to all these voices trying to convince you that their way to do life is the best way. Or, or you can listen to the voice of God as revealed in his word. And either way, either way, whatever voice you listen to is going to echo in your head all day long and all night. So it's not telling you you're only going to listen to God all day and all night. Whoever you're listening to, you're listening to him all day and all night. It's telling you you have a choice. Contrast, two ways of living. So what? So what? Thank you for that, Pastor Dan. That's great. That was, that was nice. Now I know a little bit about Psalm 1, but like, you're going to walk out of here Saturday night like, so what? We get the obvious religious part that we should listen to God all the time, but what difference does it really make? I mean, really. And the writer here sums up the outcome for those that choose to fill their being with the voice of God. And listen to this again as I read it one more time. Psalm 1, verse 3, it says this. It says, those who are going to listen to God, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. I want to break that down. They're like trees planted by the river. You know, trees take time to grow. Like, you don't have to plant weeds. <laughs> and they grow fast. I, I, I took a picture. I, didn't, I, didn't have, I should have put it up. There, I got a weed that was like about two and a half feet in about two weeks. Two weeks. No joke. Two weeks. And I just left it. So I'm like, I want to see how big this guy gets. Like, and you know what? It was that, you know, I pulled it out. You know how, you know how easy it was to pull out? It was it. Nothing. Because it grew quickly, but it wasn't well-rooted. Try and pull out a tree. <laughs> I'd like to see you try. Go ahead. I mean, even the small trees. Like, I got a tree that's only about this big right now. Like, I probably can't get that thing out without a shovel because they're well-rooted. See, trees take time. They're planted deep. The outcome of a life that is following God right, is well-rooted. They're like trees. But they're not just trees. They're trees planted by the riverbank. So what do we know about trees that, and water? Like trees need water. You take a tree, take it out of, don't, you know, ac no access to water. What's going to happen? It's going to wither and die. Right? You go to a desert, no trees. Why? Because there's no water. So here's the question for us. Are you remaining connected to God? Are you like that tree? You get to choose. If you listen to God, you get to be like a tree that's planted and watered and growing. Or do you feel like, you know, I'm just drying up inside? Pay attention. Because if you feel like on the inside you are dry and disconnected, perhaps you are not listening for the voice of God and you are listening to the voice of somebody else. Because they're contrasting outcomes. One is well-rooted and, and watered well. The other is easy to pull out, easy to topple over, and easy to dry out. Jeremiah, I love this verse, says, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. We've heard this. With roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by mo long months of drought. Their leaves stay green, and they never stop producing fruit. Listen to this. Ready? Trees that are planted near water, guess what they are? They're hot but not bothered. <laughs> so if you, what's the opposite? 
You're going to be hot either way. So if you can be hot and bothered or you can be hot and not bothered, you get to pick. It depends on where you're planted. They are thirsty, but they're not worried. Or you can be thirsty and dying of thirst. Right? You can be evergreen or you can be constantly losing your leaves. Or you can never stop producing fruit. And here's the thing. Fruit, that's the next thing it says. It says the trees plant, they, they bear fruit each season. Something different, a blessing to others. Trees can't lie. We've talked about this. Apple trees produce apples. Orange trees produce oranges. If you walk up to a tree and there's an apple on it, what do you think that tree is? Unless somebody has duct taped it or hot glued it, like you can pretty much tell that's what a tree is. They can't lie. The fruit of our lives tells us, tells everybody else what kind of life we're living. The fruit of the Spirit, what kind of fruit are we looking at? Okay, so we're not talking like if you have apples growing on you, that's weird, you should probably go to a doctor. But this is the fruit that our lives are supposed to exhibit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. So let me ask you, are those things evident in your life? Because they're indicators. They're indicators of are you listening to the voice of God? Are you listening to the voice of somebody else? So let's just go right, let's go right to the biggest one there. And I'm not talking about love. I'm talking about patience. This is New Jersey. Okay, patience. How patient are you? Are you overflowing with patience? Or are you like been on your last nerve for the last decade? <laughs> like You know. Where is your fruit? It, it shows. You can't lie. Contrasting outcomes. Either you've got fruit that is looking more and more healthy and like a blessing to other people, or people are like, they, they, they cringe when you walk in a room. You know it and they know it. There's joy in fruitfulness and being a blessing. So those who are planted, man, they're joyful because they know that that they're giving something that, that contributes to somebody else. And it's not because of them, but it's because of the God in them, because of where they're planted. And then, if, then it says, then their leaves never wither. Listen, there's beauty in the changing colors of fall. Right? How many like the fall colors? Right? The foliage. The foliage. You like the foliage? Right? Anybody Jim Gaffigan fans? You know about Jim Gaffigan? Anybody? Comedian? Yeah, he says this. He says, we think it's beautiful. Look at the foliage. We're watching the leaves die. He says it's their hospice. The leaves are asking, why are these people driving by and smiling at me? They're monsters. You know, they're like chlorophyll. And we're like, they're beautiful as they fall to their death. Um, leaves are not just for looking at. Leaves are receptors of light. And get you science people out there. They absorb the light through a process called photosynthesis. Thank you all. Yeah, give it up for yourselves if you knew that. Good answer. And they turn light into nutrients that provide food for the rest of the tree so these leaves guess what guess what roots can't do roots can't receive light if roots tried to receive light what would happen to the roots they would die they would dry up and if the leaves tried to go in the ground deep to get water what would they do they would die okay they would just decay okay there's purpose in all of this stuff they have to just work together it says their leaves never wither the writer is not actually calling you a tree. <laughs> They're making an analogy about us. See, when, for us to have leaves that never wither, it means that we have leaves that constantly stay receptive to light, that we are constantly open to what God is saying to us, and that as God speaks to us as individuals, 
as we constantly stay open to what God is saying, he gives us things that we can then give to others. As we stay open to the voice of the Spirit, we never stop being a conduit of life for those around us. Contrast, other outcome, if we turn away from God, we inevitably wither, and the vitality and life that God intended for us to give to others goes away as well. So let me ask you again. Do you feel like God is constantly speaking to you? Are you listening? Are you listening to his voice? And, or are you just in the dark? I feel like I don't hear anything. I'm not I just weighed down. Two different types of living. And then finally it says this. They prosper in all they do. Yes. Anybody? Anybody? Come on. Yes. Got any Trekkies? All right. If you don't know, I'm not going to explain it. Um, to prosper means to move forward, to gain ground, to be productive. And we have, to, we have to differentiate this from a common definition. This is not about, when we think about being prosperous, what do you think, right? First thing is like gaining wealth, right? If somebody is prospering, they are getting wealthier, right? Wouldn't you, that's commonly how we use that word. If they're prosperous, they're wealthy. But I don't think that's what is meant here. To prosper in all you do in this sense means that your work is never wasted, that it will be eternally valuable, that everything you do will be worthwhile. 1 Corinthians 15, we read this, always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. What you, what you do is never wasted. You can go Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain, you rise up early and stay up late. That's why I don't get up early. Um, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. See, God loves me. That's why he lets me sleep in sometimes. Two contrasting ways of living. One that looks to God, one that looks to the world. You can either take all of your energy and pour it into doing it your own way. And you know what's going to happen? You are not going to be prospering because you're working in your own strength. And it's going to be in vain. You can do life on your own in your own power. That path is marked out. That story is told. That outcome is determined. You will waste your days. You can do it. We have choice. Or if you will trust God for it, he will. Listen, God will build the house. God will stand guard. God will take care of you. Will you trust him for it? Nothing you do will be in vain. You will prosper in all you do. doesn't mean you're going to be wealthy and have loads of money. It means that the actions of your life, the things that you invest yourself in, every courageous act, every faith-filled step, every time you forgive somebody, every time you love somebody, every time you go out of your way to do something for someone else, it will be worth it because you're going to prosper in all you do because you're listening for the voice of God and those things you can count, they're going to be worth it. It leads to joy. So the question, are you committing yourself to the Lord or are you committing your works to yourself? Are you walking down the road of those around you, stopping to try on their way of life, or are you listening for what God is saying? So just to summarize, 11 years of life tree, and our mission has not wavered. We are committed to being people who choose to follow Jesus, to tune our ears to his voice, to live different, to live different because this community needs us to be trees, to be people that reach deep into the ground, 
that are well-rooted, that are not easily shaken, that bear fruit each season, that our leaves don't wither, we're constantly listening for the voice of God, and that all that we do is going to be worthwhile. It's not about us, it's about blessing those around us. So I'd like to close by just simply asking you, if you're willing, could we corporately recommit ourselves to this mission? I think it's important to, to say that I'm, we're going to refuse to live a life that walks, that stands, or that sits like the broken world around me. I, I, I'm going to commit to living different because nobody needs that. Nobody needs us to just join in the mocking, to join in the antagonism, to join in the hostility. That's not going to do anybody any favors. But I want to joyfully dis- delight myself in God and listening for his story and saying, God, use me in part of your story. In our history, as recorded in the Old Testament, and you're in my history, you can read the Old Testament, that's our history. Those are our ancestors. The story of God's relationship with Israel, there are times when the people would collectively renew their commitment to the Lord. And those were called sacred assemblies. They called for a sacred assembly. In one particular time, uh, Joshua, just as they had stepped into the promised land, the people of Israel had just made the transition from all those years of wandering, right? Moses passed away. Joshua leads them through all the battles. They come into the promised land, and there's this moment where they have to renew themselves. And I thought it was timely for us in this 11th, on our anniversary. And I want to read what he said to the people as I'm, I'm closing, I promise. He said this, Joshua 24, he said, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors that they worship beyond the river and serve the Lord. And here's a verse you may have heard, and he says this, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, if you're choosing a different pathway, you can. He says this, But choose for yourselves this day whom you're going to serve. You get to choose. God does not force us. But he tells us very clearly, that's how that one's going to end, and this is how this one's going to end. This one's going to lead to joy, and that one's going to lead to everything else. And the people answered, we too will serve the Lord because he is our God. Who else could we serve? So today I'd like to hold our own and close with our own sacred assembly, and Nikki's going to come on up and just play. It's been a challenging year and a half for our world. Agreed? (laughs) And I think our church has felt that. And it's gotten wearying. And there's been some part of us that's like, "Ah, I don't even know if this is like, man, it's a lot to do. And it's the same God that led the children of Israel through the wilderness. Let me tell you, you think our wandering is bad. 40 years. 40 years of wandering. We haven't even gotten close to them yet. We're only 11 years of wandering. And the same God who led them through the wilderness and into the promised land has led us from schools to senior centers, to lakes and parks, to churches and back again. He's led us through births and deaths, weddings and dedications, hurricanes and pandemics, through more than a decade of life together. God's not done. There's more chapters still to be written. As long as we're breathing on this earth, God's got plans for us. And he desires to continue to lead whoever will follow.
So I'd like to invite you to stand. We're going to renew our commitment to the Lord today. Perhaps you've never done that. Perhaps you've never even committed your heart to the Lord. Today is a perfect time to do that. I invite you to do that with us as we do this. But together, let's just thank God for His faithfulness and recommit ourselves to trusting His leading. I'm just going to pause just for about 30 seconds and then I'm going to lead us in a prayer. In, those, in that time, just invite you where you are. Just to search your heart. Maybe just recommit yourself to the Lord today. God, in the middle of all this, I want to renew my decision to choose you, to follow you, to love you. Heavenly Father, you are the author of life creator of all things. We acknowledge today that it was you who spoke each of us into existence. In your unending wisdom, you place us here in this part of the world at this time in history as you have purpose in all you do. We believe that you continue to give us the choice of whether we walk with you or away from you. And we recognize and affirm that life lived with you will always lead to joy and life everlasting. Today, we choose you. I invite you to collectively say that with me, if you will. We choose you. We choose to reaffirm that it is you who plants us deeply alongside the streams of life-giving water. We choose to let our roots go down deep into you and invite you to produce life-giving fruit in us. We choose to reach out to you and allow your life-giving light to flow through us to those around us who need it. And we choose to serve you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength because we know that everything we do for you is never in vain. We ask you to continue to let us be a tree of life for this community the people around us, for our neighbors and family members, for our friends, for our co-workers, for our classmates. Lord, you are faithful. You have never failed us. You never will. And we will continue to follow wherever you lead. We renew again our calling to be a tree of life. It's in the mighty and powerful in the joy-filled name of Jesus Christ that we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.